statement by the original author. Nosy Bonk and Jigsaw are not owned by me. The character, along with the show, belong to their original producers. Story. The following story is written by Alfred White. His whereabouts are disclosed at the moment, but he was willing to send me this in an email in 2005. Per agreement, I was able to share it to the public. Alfred White. I worked as a lightboard operator alongside the production staff for the BBC television series Jigsaw from 1979 to 1984. So, I was present throughout much of the show's airing. Clive Dog, now retired, was the director and writer. The show was hosted by Adrian Headley, a mime artist who performed several roles in the show, including a sinister character named Mr. Nosybunk, who was seen with a prominent nose, toothy grin, and offset circular eyes. Now, Nosybunk always struck me as a somewhat frightening character, but I never openly opposed to the idea since, well, I wasn't entirely in charge of the production. The show had an overall cheery mood, and guided viewers in puzzle-solving skills, so the cast was mostly friendly and inviting. There was never a moment that I had really dreaded my job, so to speak. On May 31st, 1984, a week after the final episode had been aired, I was invited back into the studio by Clark Andrew, the set designer. After some time, he coaxed me into the viewing room, despite the fact that full production of the show had ceased and most of the cast and crew were now packing up. He told me that I needed to air one final episode of the series before it was quote-unquote too late. I nodded, somewhat confused, but I did not question his motives. As usual, the screen started, the opening sequence began the episode, but by the end of the song, there was now nothing but complete darkness. What is this? I asked. What's going on? Clark looked at me with a condescending stare and turned his attention back to the screen. Do not question, he responded. Suddenly, there appeared Nosybunk, playing miniature golf, a footage from a previous episode. But the film had been corrupted and appeared shoddy and was converted into vintage black and white. I remained silent, as did the audio on the film, and continued to watch nervously. Oddly, however, the video stopped abruptly and the tape was ejected. Clark motioned me back outside, locked the viewing room, and greeted me a farewell. When he drove off, however, my curiosity got the best of me. I went back inside the studio through the front door and attempted to break down the viewing room door, to no avail. One of the remaining cast members suddenly approached me from the corridor and offered to unlock it for me. There you go, she said. Don't forget to lock it on the way out. Now alone, I peeked inside and grabbed the tape on the topmost storage shelf. Before slipping it into the VCR, I dusted it off. I sat near the door in case I needed to make a brief escape. The film started once again as Clark had previously shown me. 
but it continued further after the supposed ending point. At this point, a faint humming began, but the film still remained quiet. The scene changed suddenly, and showed Nosy Bonk at a dinner table in a dimly lit room, a knife sitting alongside him on the table. Nosy Bonk looked into the screen briefly, before setting his head down onto the table. The film remained this way for a good 30 seconds before it switched to a new scene, in which... Well, in which Nosy Bonk was now seen disproportionately hopping backwards in a sack. Another scene merged with it, but I could not make out what it was, except that I could somewhat see Nosy Bonk's mask. Murmuring began, and some faint screams could be heard. A quick flash of one of the cast members' faces appeared before the film ended, and the tape ejected. I was relieved, but sat idle in my chair for well over a few minutes. When I had mustered the strength to physically grab the tape, I tossed it into a trash bin nearby, and ran straight out of the performing studio, driving off into the distance. I never returned. Not once, not ever. I once told my wife about the incident, but she was mostly skeptical. I've since decided to disclose information regarding the issue, and have experienced what I would call a normal life, so to speak. End note. The episode was allegedly aired thereafter, on a very obscure channel that was only available in localized areas. So, as a result, it went relatively unnoticed. In 2009, a video containing the episode was uploaded briefly to YouTube, but was removed upon the next day. In an internet discussion in 1995, claims were made that an alternate version of the series altogether may exist. The proposed set designer, Clark Andrew, was reportedly one of the few who remained in the studio after each filming. Tapes labeled with peculiar codes were also said to be found in Clark's office, but were apparently discarded. He disappeared without a trace in 1985, the following year, and subsequently, another corrupted episode was reported to have been uploaded to a media site under an MP4 file extension. <laughs> 